I am so excited to welcome Matt Hilliard to the show. Matt is a relationship expert and men's group leader. And after spending years invested in a fantasy of what a relationship should be, easy, comfortable, and sexy all the time, right? And a reality that was quite the opposite. Matt got serious, training and experience in how to really listen, feel, and to deal with conflict, how to understand what's actually happening in relationships. Matt helps men wake up to better relationships every day through coaching and his men's group, Awake. And he's appeared on various podcasts. His writing has been published in The Elephant Journey, The Men's List, and The Good Men Project. Matt is also a parent of two teenagers and is in the best relationship of his life. Matt, welcome to the show. Thank you, Tim. I'm really excited to be here. It's pretty cool kind of hearing all that all those things i'm like yeah yeah blimey here i am um, here you are and it's been it's pretty cool us connecting because matt and i actually we're both in toronto north america we both come from a similar part of london i say similar Ted <laughs> so it's like two miles apart i reckon like teddington witten it's yeah. like ridiculously close yeah, yeah two Two miles apart, <laughs> and yet two very different places. <laughs> two very different places. Yeah, although, you know, probably more different now than certainly when I was growing up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're from, so we're both from West London, and I would just say, if you want to go out for a pint in London and have to pick between Teddington and Witten, do not choose <laughs> Witten, go to Teddington Better pubs and much more safe. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. If the Anglers is still there, I'm sure it is. The Anglers down by the river is a, is a good place for a pint. Uh, Matt, how did you get into this space? How did you get into the relationship space? What's your what's your story? Let the coupley audience know. Yeah, yeah, thank you. And thanks again for having me. This is a real, uh, like, this feels just like a real gift to be able to kind of talk, talk about what I do and talk about relationships with you um yeah i i became a relationship coach and a, and a relationship expert because i had struggled so much in relationships um i found them easy to get into um and you know those you know those first few months to be you know to be pretty you know just kind of fun and fantastic and great and then there's the kind of the period afterwards which can be okay as well and then um like in my like late teens and, and 20s I I was a you know pretty much a serial monogamist um and uh, the, the relationships would kind of hit a dead end for me and so I would kind of like overlap them with new relationships or kind of get out in pretty just kind of like clumsy ways and um and then and then I got got married and like had my first kid and then and then my second kid and um like marriage was really really challenging for me there was some you know the um my my wife the woman I married we're not we're not married anymore um there were many like wonderful qualities about the about the marriage but I really struggled to have a, have a good functioning marriage and I came up I came up against myself, most of all, and I made 
some choices as I tried to cope that kind of just weren't very healthy. They weren't kind, they weren't thoughtful. And it came to a place of like a reckoning for me where I was like, I need to just really kind of look at who I am, why I keep coming up against these same challenges in my relationship life um, and really start taking responsibility for them. I'd spent a lot of time, you know, like blaming, blaming other people for what wasn't working in my relationship. And that was, that wasn't getting me anywhere. Um, as you know, as much as I wished it was all somebody else's fault. <laughs> How easy would that be? Um, you yeah. just go and fix yourself and come back and then everything will be fine. That's what I used to believe. And it was like, not, not true. It was not true. So experiencing enough pain in my relationship life to really get, spend time looking at what was happening under the surface for me. Mm -hmm. Why was I making some of these choices? Why was I in some of these recurring loops that weren't, that weren't helping? Um, and it was, it was really discovering some like proper road tested relationship perspectives, relationship tips, relationship tools, getting into some of my kind of childhood background as to why I was occurring like I was in relationship that really helped me understand my relationship better and my relationships better. And that for, for me, that clarity meant that my marriage wasn't viable both mm -hmm. uh, i don't want to talk too much about about my ex because because you know the, there's her her stories to tell mm -hmm. um but coming to that clarity and that realization um that 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 couldn't work and leave it like leaving with an understanding of of how i had contributed to that what my the part i played in that um clarity about why it didn't work and then being able to move forward in my relationship life with that, with a clarity of what a good relationship looks like, feels like, and how to nurture and maintain mm -hmm. a good relationship. And in that process of, of learning, of exploring, I got really passionate about helping other people in their relationships. It comes from, it's like when you have looked into this really deeply, you begin to realize that there are some pretty awesome things that that you can do and yeah. they aren't really taught they're not really talked about these yeah. aren't sort of things that that as men will get together and talk about with the lads in the anglers in teddington or the Nelson <laughs> in witten we don't yeah. say like oh wow there's this really there's these really great ways to build yeah. a relationship that will last forever um here are some have you well, have you tried? Uh, <laughs> yeah, have you tried yeah. active listening with your missus? You know, this, yeah. Have you tried are... like really validating her, mate? Have you? <laughs> That's the ticket. That one. Uh, we don't. We don't do that. And even like I've noticed, sort of, as I've got older, um, we've also stopped even talking about like our relationships that much. We sort of become it becomes uh, almost something that's a little bit on the other side of a brick wall mm. um, it felt different as we were younger because people were dating new people and finding right. new relationships and people you you enter that like 
maybe half of your group is in that limerence phase where it's all new and exciting. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I've met mm-hmm. a really nice bird. And this is all like, this is all, like, everything's happening. And then yeah. obviously fast forward, uh, we're meeting now and I'm 38. So we're like 38 year olds, everyone's got kids. And it's a, there's a little bit of a, well, some people have kids, some people don't. Um, yeah. Some people are married, some people are divorced, some people in their second marriages. Um, and everything just seems like a little bit separate, a little bit behind yeah. a wall. Um, yeah. not something that people are really talking about. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. why when you, but, but after like six pints, that's when, <laughs> that's when sometimes the truth starts to come out. Right. Yeah. Um, that's when, especially if you are in this space, like I am, like you are, that's when people are like, I'm not happy. Things are going wrong. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. I'm freaking yeah. out. Um, so yeah. perhaps there is some, some a, a little bit of that, that time when people, do open up at the very very last last moments yeah but there's a massive massive amount of work to be done in letting people know some of these things so they don't get into these negative relationship cycles that are bloody hard to get out of once you're actually in one yeah yeah that's so true a couple of things there one it can be it can feel like shameful to say like my relationship is shit right now, or like mm. I'm really struggling and I don't know what to do. I think there's the, you know, there's the myth of the one out there. And mm-hmm. when we, you know, when we first meet somebody and there's that, you know, there's that energy and the chemistry, the dopamine, uh, and it can feel like, you know, they're the only, like that's them, that's the one. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the fantasy of the one is like, when I find that person, and it's you, I've just found you, everything's going to be easy all the time. And our friends see us and we're like, just like, yeah. Um, and we're meeting their friends and they're so happy all the time. And yeah. like, the sex is easy. And we just, there's just a lot of give and take. And so we're, when, when we do, and it always happens when we do hit those, hit those rough spots, and then those rough stop spots continue because we don't have the tools to to get through them properly. Mm-hmm. It can begin to feel like not only a like a personal failure that our relationship isn't working, but kind of a, a, a like a societal failure that we kind of met this person and now it all seems to be going to shit. And to admit that is like is confronting. Mm, you're right because it's also kind of your subconscious is like oh great i've just found another thing that i'm shit at (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh great yeah this is a this is another thing that i'm not very good at um and and it it can really bleed into a lot of other like underlying beliefs like some people are maybe i'm not meant to be happy maybe this isn't for me or uh, maybe i'm maybe this person isn't right and and you you that that one is that one especially is is because the you know the fantasy of of the one and, and the happy happily ever after. Like I think I was probably like maybe four when I first heard that phrase. Like probably went like when my mum was reading to me at bedtime or you know stories that you know told to us by teachers at school and then they lived happily ever after in the mm-hmm. Disney movies. Like it's supposed like that's in our formative years. That's when we're like mm-hmm. just really, really forming what we understand about about the world and it's such a potent idea like happily ever after Mm -hmm. um yeah when that kind of when that doesn't happen 
it can i think that's why it's often easy to blame in the relationship like blame myself because like i'm i'm kind of not able to create or maintain this happily ever after or it's or it's or i picked the wrong person actually because mm. it's supposed to be easy so i must have picked the wrong person how can we disassemble this myth of it's supposed to be easy because you hear this over and over and over again and it's 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 absolutely it's so damaging because for two reasons one because if you just chase this new relationship energy that first two years (laughs) over and over and over again yeah right that that becomes a cycle that was my 20s yeah (laughs) and the second thing because once you come once you exit that first two years um you all these brain chemicals calm down and then you mm-hmm. now begins actually truly getting to know your partner yeah. and underneath that if you can if you can keep digging and keep working on it when it's not easy is a deeper level of relationship that that is going to be a lot it's a lot more work to like dig down and discover but yeah. the rewards are like far far greater but most people don't get there or let's say 40% of people aren't, aren't going to make it there. Yeah. Um, if we look at that as the current stat for, for marriages in the U S 40% aren't, aren't, don't work out and they do finish in that first few years. Um, and anyone listening to this knows that this was my experience as, as well. Matt and I had had um, similar experiences. I, I, I was, I am divorced as well. Um, and so very 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 similar to Matt was 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 blaming and or thinking like maybe it's a me thing and then as I started to look into this more which became the genesis of coupling I was like wow there are some really cool things here this is a really cool relationship science here and and great great things which we're going to talk about now that to make sure that this doesn't happen to you the listener especially if this is your second big relationship and you you're like us and you're like (laughs) this one we're gonna work on this we're gonna make sure it happens um and so what are some of the things that we need to do then? What are some of these like shovels that we need to get out, pickaxes to make sure that we can like dig deeper? Oh, I love this question, Tim. One of the things that's helped me the most, continues to help me the most, is thinking about my relationship as a path. Like mm. some might say spiritual path, like as a path for growth. So a relationship isn't like a set it and forget it thing. You meet the person and everything kind of just happens as it's supposed to happen. It's actually it's actually a journey that unfolds over time where I get to meet myself over and over and over again. And if I choose to, which you've chosen to do and I'm I choose to do, is to look at myself in the relationship as those challenges arise I'm like okay I have a choice here what choice do I want to make do I want to lean in do I want to lean back if I lean in what does that what does that look like how do I how do I learn to listen better if that's a challenge for me how do I learn to validate if my partner isn't feeling validated how do i um how do i learn to just hold space for her fullness her her emotions um what do i have what do i i have to do what learning do i have to do in order to be able to hold that hold that space for her 
one of the one of the contexts I provide for for the clients that I coach is to think about your relationship as a garden. Mm. You're both in the that there's you, there's your partner, mm. and there's the relationship which is bigger than both of you. It's more than the sum of its parts. And, you know, you think about a garden, looking out the window at my garden, like if you don't tend to it regularly, it's going to get full of weeds. The grass is going to get overgrown. Mm -hmm. um, the garden's going to get like dug up by squirrels and skunks and whatever. Um, weeds are going to grow and they're going to get out of control. And kind of this goes back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, the kind of the sort of the conversation six drinks in at the pub you know when the the truth might start coming out is often people start to focus on their relationships when the relationships get hard and challenging mm -hmm. if you can get into habits of nurturing your relationship on a regular even daily basis you're gonna you're so much more likely to have an incredible relationship than if you're stumbling from crisis to crisis and only facing your relationship and only really facing one another when when it's when you're in a shit storm what are the moments because when you talk about leaning in yeah. right you talk about you you have these choices yeah where you i lean into a path or i, I lean out mm. what are the what are some of those things that like what, <laughs> what does it look like to lean in or what are the circumstances what are the what are the circumstances what are these situations um because we we can talk about it as a concept mm. but i think yeah. for our audience listening yeah some of these things <laughs> i think i know where you're going to go with it and some yeah. of these things aren't as big as you think right some yeah. of these things can be quite um small but yeah. it's building that muscle building that habit of of leaning forward and leaning back yeah. so that's why i'd love to hear from you sort of some of these situations that you have a lean-in opportunity or a lean-back opportunity? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, have a, I have a great example uh, from a client the other day, and um, his his partner was out. He was at home. Um, he has a four-year-old, and uh, he had made dinner uh, for his four-year-old, uh, and his partner called, uh, and she said, "What did you, what did you feed him for dinner?" And explained what he what he prepared uh, for their son for dinner, and she said, "Oh, there's no protein in there." So he immediately got defensive, and which is something that he's done before, and it just kind of spiraled into this into this conflict, into the space that that they know very well, very familiar. Mm. Um, so he, he and I were exploring it and I was like, okay, what, what if you'd been curious in that moment? What if you had been curious and, and tried to kind of just understand where she was coming from? Like, what would that have sounded like? Mm -hmm. So we did this little role play and I was like her calling and getting a bit annoyed. Like what, like, like, where's the, like, there's no protein yeah. in that. And he says, it sounds like sounds like it's really important to you that he gets protein in his dinner and i could me as her i could just like feel myself relax like oh he heard me yeah it is actually yeah it's important it is important that he gets protein with his dinner 
right? And then that conversation can have a completely different flow than the one that kind of actually happened where he was he was super defensive. Mm-hmm. It's just like it's just a small thing, right? A small everyday situation when we're living with somebody like those those you know there's a hundred of those a day so there's like you know a hundred opportunities to get it really wrong but also a hundred opportunities to just lean in Mm -hmm. be curious these examples are always so interesting right because relationships are built and destroyed on these tiny things yeah. and it sounds so small yeah. you're like huh well as a kid i mostly grew up on chip butties and jam donuts wasn't ideal made it made it through however yeah. right let's look let's start going let's start going down let's go one level deeper was yeah. it an ask around hey actually i've been doing a lot of the mental lifting in the background and you haven't acknowledged that but i've actually made a pretty robust nutrition plan for our kids I always make sure that they get protein. I always make sure that they get greens. And then surprise, surprise, when dad cooks, they're getting French fries in bread. Not, not, there is not, um, you might be doing the cooking, but you're not really lifting up your side of the actual mental load. Right, yeah, yeah. That could be one. Another thing could be maybe we have a history of heart disease in our family and I'm trying to protect my family. By, yeah. by making sure they have a balanced diet it sounds yeah. so small these are like the tiny conversations but as you start to like dig deeper and explore there yeah. can be some really big things under underneath here and i think there's something around when someone comes at you with that with that energy it probably mm-hmm. means that there is something behind it yeah there's going to be a value attached yeah. to it a belief attached to it um yeah. that is worth Either way, it's worth digging up and exploring, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. There's a there's a listening technique that I teach a lot, and it's really as, as the listener, what you're trying to do is understand the other person's world, where they're coming from. So even in the microcosm of a discussion around was there protein in our son's dinner yeah. or not, like you're saying, like if I'm if I'm curious, I'm, I may discover something about you, even though we've been together for, mm-hmm. you know, for years um, that I didn't know before. Like I might discover that, yeah, like there was heart disease in your family and you're like terrified of mm-hmm. of you having that, of our son inheriting. And it's like, oh, oh, OK. Mm-hmm. All right. I, I understand why this protein thing is so important to you right now I did not know that so I'm making it my my responsibility to just kind of lean in and really really get what your world is and it's hard because yeah it 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 is a like 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 you're saying that is a a gift that you give someone even if they're coming at you but it's bloody hard if they're coming at you with criticism for you not to respond with with yeah. defensiveness because no one likes yeah. to be made to feel uh be made to feel bad be made to feel like they're not they're not good enough and also in that moment it was probably especially hard because you're on the phone you've got it bounced on your shoulder you're cooking something up the your four-year-old's in the background yeah. going mental and yeah. and you're now getting getting it through the phone and you're like excuse me i'm doing i'm yeah. doing my bloody best um but yeah. there might be something mm-hmm. where you can lean in in that second and be like okay 
I hear what you're saying. Let's talk about this properly when you get home. Yeah. Kids in bed, you sit down, you're having dinner, um, maybe with protein in it. <laughs> and you can have that co- you can have that conversation for real. And you can be like, hey, what's yeah. what's let's talk about this. Where where's the disconnect? How can we get aligned yeah. here? What do you what do you really think about that? But these are not these are not small skills and it's not a natural feeling. And I think there's a tension here. And I'm really curious, Matt, mm. if this is a tension that you discover in your clients where it's like people are saying, whoa, 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 this isn't authentic. This is like, I don't feel, this is not how I feel in that moment. Therefore, mm-hmm. it's not authentic. Therefore, should I really be doing this? Mm. Like, should I be doing, should I be like, being curious and like yeah. shouldn't I just be kind of ex- like defending myself and expressing where I'm at yeah yeah god that's so tempting right but um where's that end it you know where where are you ending up when you do that <laughs> right where you're like getting defensive and like take you know taking your stand and kind of like where's that getting you like for m- most most of you most of us when I like when I do that, I end up in a place that's shitty. Mm. Where I'm like, <laughs> so what happens? What happens when we when we take that defensive stance is all of a sudden we're in the boxing ring with our partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're opponents. And there's it's either either they're gonna win mm-hmm. or I'm gonna win. Mm-hmm. And if I'm gonna win, it's because I'm being louder, being meaner. So that might be a win for me in the moment, but it's not a win for the relationship. Mm-hmm. If, if my partner's gonna win, it's because she's being meaner, she's being louder, and I'm gonna cave in. You know, I'm just going to like, and that doesn't feel good. And it's not really a win. But yeah, like if we get back to the garden, like, okay, what does our, what does our relationship need right now? Actually, it needs us to kind of understand why protein is important for our son at dinner time. Like that's what our relationship needs right now. So let's step into the garden. And, and here's the thing as well. It's like, you think about if you're having a brawl with someone, even if it is a mental brawl you're bringing all these different weapons out um to try and to try and win like you imagine that when you're 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 bringing the pickaxe out you're digging stuff up you're throwing it at your partner you soon you've got the all the nevers these nuclear bombs are dropping like think about the landscape of your garden after that war has gone on it's trashed right whereas what you could have done what you could have done is dug deeper planted a seed and oh my goodness think about how your partner's going to feel yeah. when they feel validated and heard. And Matt, what does that mean? So as you start to move people away from this, these automatic mm-hmm. responses yeah. and into curiosity, into digging a little bit deeper, what does that do for your clients? It creates, it creates more intimacy because there's more, there's more trust and there's more connection. It's an incredible experience for a couple when they can move fully through a conflict, as in 
it's like you know say the conflict is at a 10 on the mm -hmm. on the on the meter then it's a zero they both feel heard mm -hmm. they both feel validated it's put to bed there's nothing under the under the carpet there's a there's a sense of like intimacy and connection that comes with that mm -hmm. the more you do that the more trust is created because there's always going to be conflict there's always going to be bumps so you get to a point where there's a disagreement about something and your old self would be like fuck this is it this is done i'm out like mm. I'm, every, I'm, this, you're, I'm, I'm with the wrong person you go from that to like oh we'll figure this out it's uncomfortable right now but um we'll talk about it we'll use our tools we'll get through it um like in my in my relationship with my partner that there are there are things in my past that would have taken me days if not weeks to get through and most often that looked like just kind of giving it enough time like ignoring it so my nervous system calmed down and then like kind of kind of forgetting about it to today where we can move through stuff in minutes hours maybe a day or two at most like mm -hmm. fully through it and the like the trust and the and the intimacy the kind of the leaning in that comes from being able to do that is is extraordinary and the sense of being a team mm -hmm. the sense of togetherness is really really powerful is this um is this the the top challenge that you kind of see in the people that you coach this this communication um defensiveness ego moving from that to curiosity repair alignment is that like the one of the big big challenges or are there other things that's it's one of the it's one of the big ones um having like having effective tools to communicate and resolve conflict like most of us, I would say, you know, were not raised in environments where there were good models of uh, of communication and conflict resolution. Um, so we, you know, we just do, you know, we just lean on what we, you know, what's second nature to us, which is, you know, what we saw our parents do and our, you know, our caregivers, siblings and stuff. So most of us just do not have those skills and tools. So that's, you know, that's number one. A, a big one that I, I was giving a talk a couple of weeks ago and um, I opened the talk with uh, two questions. Hands up if, if you've ever been made to feel like you're too emotional and pretty much all the women in the audience raise their hand like mm. raise your hand if you've ever been made to feel like you're too much all the women hands in hands in the air and one of the big issues is men's lack of capacity to hold space for their female partner's emotional expression and 
what that looks what often that looks like for the woman is being told that she's she's too emotional and she's too, she's too much she gets she gets shut down um the reason she gets shut down is because a lot of men are shut down so if i'm not if i'm not used to those uh like literally the sensations um of of uh joy even um sadness anger shame guilt if i'm not used to what those are in my body it doesn't mean I, I don't feel them it just means i don't i don't know how to label them and i don't and i i push them down so i'm not familiar with those emotions moving mm -hmm. through my body it means that i'm i'm usually like rubbish so if my partner is feeling sad and i'm not used to feeling sad i'm going to be like oh uh, that's really uncomfortable for me so i'm just going to like like either shut her down or I'm going to leave because this is like really, really uncomfortable. Yeah. So a big, a big part of my work with men is, is around getting them familiar with, with their emotional landscape. And that's a real gift to a relationship as well. One of the things I teach, I teach men and like, if you're listening, kind of like just, grab a pen and write this down it's really simple if you're feeling um activated so that could be you know anger it could be sadness number one just where am i on the scale like 10 being like if i'm angry like 10 would be like punching a wall you know like tipping a table over like screaming at the top of my head like running out of the door because I, I cannot be in connection anymore. So like, where am I between one and 10? And just name it. I'm a six, six going up to a seven. Number two, name the emotion to myself. Okay, what is it? Like, am I frustrated? Am I angry? Um, am I sad? Just take, just swing for the fences. Like, even if you feel like you're guessing, it's like, okay, like I'm six going on seven. Okay, I'm angry. I'm angry. Naming the emotion helps you connect with it more fully in a, in a present way because you're noticing what's happening for you. So I notice that I'm angry. Instead of just like being angry and whatever, that's like, okay, I'm angry. And then the third is to like feel the sensation. What am I, what am I feeling in my body right now? Okay, like I'm feeling like tightness in my chest and you can kind of put your hand there and that helps you connect to that. And you can do this in like five seconds. Okay, like I'm a six going on a seven, I'm angry. I can feel the tightness in my chest. And just, just that helps, helps a man map his emotional experience. The more he does that, the more familiar he's going to be with his partner's emotional expression, the more he's going to be able to stay present for her. And what that means, and the third, the third thing is, you know, as men, we're valued for problem solving, fixing, finding solutions for stuff. And we often bring that into our relationships um so our partner comes to us and 
says like, oh, I'm really upset. Like this thing happened at work with, with Hillary. And we go into like, oh, right, okay. What you should have done is, you know, you, you know that thing I said last time? Like, did you try that? You know, we get into like this problem yeah. mode. And, yeah. and then our partner's like getting annoyed at us and frustrated. And we're like, well, I'm only trying to help. Like you shouldn't have come to me like if you didn't want my help. Um, so we, <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to that, um, listening to this. Um, so for men to take off their fixing hats and to be able to be present for their partner and hold that emotional space for them. Oh, it makes sense why you're upset with Hillary. Yeah, of course. If she's doing that, yeah, I'd be pissed off as well. Yeah. And for people listening, this holding emotional space, can we just like get into the a little bit more of that definition? I think yeah. it's basically around, <laughs> I'm going with the garden metaphor map, staying with it. So basically, it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it basically means your partner's bringing an emotional like color to the space and you yeah. get in there and you try and see that color with them. So they are feeling very frustrated. So you get in there and you're like, okay, let's, you're feeling frustrated and let's, let's explore all of the reasons why this, this room, this garden is this color right now. Beautiful. Yeah. Let me, yeah. Like I want to understand why you're frustrated. It might be obvious. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I get it. Like, I totally get why you're frustrated or like, yeah, like, I can't, yeah, yeah. Like, tell me more about why, like what happened. Like, I want to understand why you're so upset about this. Um, so I can support you better. Not so I can fix it, mm -hmm. but just so I can, so I can support you better. So yeah, ex exactly that. Like what's the, what's the, what's the emotional color that's in the room and kind of being in there with our, with our partner versus trying to shut it down versus trying to change the color yeah yeah because we know that in the cupboard we've got 15 paint cans of white paint and we're itching <laughs> to get it out and <laughs> as quickly as possible yeah exactly exactly <laughs> and it's it's really weird because two things make this so strange one is that through our life we are typically rewarded on how quickly and robustly we fix things yeah. Um, in sport, you need to be fixing things on the on the fly immediately. Yeah. You're getting called out yeah. by your coach. Do this. You do it. You get accolades. You also yeah. get rewarded on your not necessarily aggression, but assertiveness. Assertiveness mm -hmm. is so powerful in your life. It's going to get you the jobs. Yeah. It's going to get you promoted. Um, and this combined with problem solving, like hardcore problem solving and assertiveness and conscientiousness yeah. will lead you to like a lot of wonderful material, yeah. like riches, like you're going to get yeah. great exams. You're going to be an awesome athlete. You're going to have a fantastic job and you're going to get a lot of success from yeah. those skill sets. Right. And then you get into your relationship and you're like, yeah, I've got problem solving tools. I'm mm -hmm. assertive. I can mm -hmm. shut people down. I can yeah. lead. Watch yeah. me boss this relationship and yeah. then it doesn't work and yeah. you have no you have your playbook and you're like this has led to all of the success it must work it must work yeah. in my relationships and it yeah. doesn't and it blows people's minds it blows people's minds so there's something wrong with the relationship there's something wrong with a partner because this is my playbook and it works for me so like you know like i'm a successful 
I'm a successful dude. So yeah, something else is the problem. Add into that, you know, the male ego. Mm -hmm. um, like we, you know, we because we because we're valued so much for our problem solving, all the things that you said, um, like failure in air quotes is is a fucking uncomfortable experience. It means mm -hmm. I am not, I am I'm failing as a man. Mm -hmm. And that's that's a hard one to wrestle with. You are not failing as a man. It's just the the models and tools that you've been given are not applicable to a successful relationship. They are not applicable to a successful relationship. And I think the the message that I think it's so important for guys to hear is like, look, you're smashing it. It's great that you have yeah. those tools. Building these tools are is going to make you more powerful. Yeah. It's going to make you more powerful because you're also going to be able to be for someone there emotionally and you're building yeah. a garden with someone together right yeah. this isn't this isn't something that you're building alone that your partner watches you do this is something you have to craft yeah. and and shape together and like you say this is this is going to be this winding path for the rest yeah. of your life and it's going to be the most rewarding journey that you go on on the rest of your life as well yeah um absolutely it's going to it's going to make you a better parent and what i as well like if you have kids what I mean by a better parent is you're going to have, you're going to be more connected with your kids. I have a client who's, who's just working on this right now. And his default has been to be what he calls like the, like the drill sergeant, mm. um, like in the home, but he's learning to come into his family environment with just with more presence, with more curiosity. And he's, he, I, I do it with my kids too. Like when we do that, like you can feel, you can literally feel, feel the difference because because your children respond to you differently they start like asking you the most amazing questions saying the most wonderful things to you like there's a there's a kind of a softness and a connection that that em that emerges in that in that space if we're if we're if we're bringing that curiosity and that presence that emotional regulation like if you're a parent like you know what i mean like you know the your ability to stay like emotionally regulated like you need that as a parent and you need that as a as a partner as well it's 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 super cool like i think this is super super yeah. cool i think this is like the stuff that people you're not you're not taught you're not rewarded for it and then it can really harm you not having this skill set yeah. later on in life so i think yeah. it's it's it, I just really love it, exploring this. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to tell a quick story of that. Sorry. Let's do it. Yeah. So I grew up in a, in a household, you know, quite typical English household, certainly where like everything happened under the surface. There wasn't much emotional expression. And when my dad like specifically said more than once, like anger Anger is not a useful emotion. I was like maybe four or five when I first heard that. So I'm like, okay, like anger is not a useful emotion. So I believed that uh, I wasn't an angry person and that I didn't get angry. But at the same time, you know, I had these sensations in my body, like intense sensations, but I didn't, they couldn't be anger because anger is not useful and not really welcome here. So I, I you know, didn't know what that was 
also, I remember maybe when I was six, um, my granddad dying, my dad's dad dying. And I remember being, you know, the news being given to me by my mum, and my dad was there and he was just like kind of flat, like no tears, no visible signs of, of sorrow or grief. I never saw any. So I was, and I was kind of curious as a six year old, cause I was like, well, if mum or dad died, I'd be pretty fucking devastated. But from observing my dad, I was like, oh, okay. So no anger, no sadness, mm. like two, two, two big ones, two big natural emotions, like cut those off. And so I was, I was like emotionally stunted for a long time. And, you know, in my marriage, that looked like I, was, I felt like I was watching my life from behind glass. It's like, there's my wife, there's my son. And I wanted things to be different. I wanted to feel different. I wanted my son to have a different experience growing up, a different connection growing up than I had had with my dad. But I didn't know what the, I didn't know what the gap was. I had no idea what the gap was. I was on a, uh, on a coffee break at work and someone had left a magazine on a table and I was flipping through it and there was an article about uh, like a men's group and I, I read it and it was like I this I need to like get in this group as soon as fucking possible like I didn't really know why and I found out that there was a group that met in Toronto I called up the guy I went along and it was in that men's group that I learned, like, it was kind of ridiculous. It was a bit like kindergarten. Like, mm. I learned how to name my feelings for the first time and connect them to the sensations in my body. Oh, that's what anger feels like. Oh, it's all right to feel, hang on, it's all right to feel anger? Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Not only is it all right to feel anger, it's all right to express anger, like, uh, safely, like in a safe environment. Mm -hmm. Um. Oh, it's all right to like feel sadness. I hadn't cried for like a decade. Mm. I had a lot of grief that I had to, I had to let go of. It was extraordinary. I felt like a fuller person at, at, at the end of it. Shortly after that time, maybe a couple of years after my grandma died my dad's mum, amazing woman. And it was the end of the funeral. People were filing out of the chapel and it was just me and my dad. And I'd done this work. I'd done this work to feel my sadness, to express my sadness. And he kind of sensed that. Mm. And we had this, we had this hug and he, started crying on my shoulder for his mum, probably for his dad too. Mm. And it was this really, ooh, it was this really beautiful moment that could happen because he sensed that I could hold space for him. I wasn't gonna shut him down. I wasn't gonna judge him. Mm. I was just gonna be there with him. And 
that's that's what can happen mm -hmm. that's what can happen it's uh these and these moments are sometimes the um they're the hardest and yeah. also sometimes the most beautiful moments in your life you know what i mean yeah. like um yeah to be able to to cry with a parent uh to be yeah. able to honor someone that's dying or died uh yeah. and um be able to be in it to be able to be in it beautifully said is 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 some of the most powerful moments of your life these are the yeah. moments that that make our lives worth living they are they are and if you're terrified of those moments you've got some work to do and it's good work it's real work it's work that connects you to your heart the more the more you're connected to yourself, the more you can connect to somebody else. Mm -hmm. The more deeply you're connected with yourself, the more deeply you can connect with another person, whether that's your wife, your husband, your girlfriend, your kids, your mm -hmm. brother, your, your sister, your mum, your dad. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Amazing. And for those listening to this, you know, you're an an hour into two guys just talking about emotions for an hour. <laughs> we've, we've been, and so you're listening to this. You're doing, you're doing the work. You are here to learn. You're here yeah. to grow. And and I do hope. I know that in Coupley, it's often led by the females. I hear this from or who we speak to, and I know we're going to have a lot of females listening to this. How do they? It's hard to lead a guy to this stuff. It's hard <laughs> to lead a guy to this stuff, yeah. right? Because because yeah. it'll come through it'll come it's very difficult to to not verbalize this to a guy with without through a lens of criticism mm -hmm. right it's like mm -hmm. you hear this complaint all the time when people will say well my partner's not there with me he's like yeah, a ghost yeah. he's he's here physically but he's not here here and and that really gets confusing for mm -hmm. a lot of guys because they're like what do you mean i'm here i'm fixing the sink i'm yeah painting the room like how yeah, am i not here i go out and do my job every day like i bring home the bacon yeah yeah. how do is it is there a is there a way that and i know it's we shouldn't be outsourcing this to the ladies as well mm -hmm. but i know i just know that they're going to be listening to this i mean maybe send yeah. it and be like hey listen to these two guys talk about <laughs> emotions for i think i think so i think i mean that's a, that's a great step yeah yeah it's two guys talking talking about emotions for an hour um there's i think there's a way yeah absolutely it's very easy for this to sound like criticism and blame and and a guy is gonna like you know most of us like if we feel blamed or criticized we're gonna get we're gonna get defensive so one way to to bring this up with your with your guy like you know with your partner especially a male partner is is to like sell the benefits of it like, hey, like, I really would love it if we could fight less. Mm. Or you're doing, like, you're doing all these amazing things for us. Um, and, you know, there's a connection that we had at the beginning that I'd, like, mm. I'd really love, I'd really love back. Or, you know, there are some places, oh, this is a good one we love to provide men love to provide mm. it's mm -hmm. in our dna it's in our training as we grow up so 
for a woman to use that language of providing like i'd really like i'd really like you to provide me with like just more emotional support like if we can figure out what that would look like that would feel really amazing to me mm -hmm. and 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 it's important as well to like uh to make sure i think this is really important is as you're saying these things it's like you have to make sure you're sketching out how that actually looks because i think a lot of people don't understand what emotional support means you're going to say yeah. i i support you emotionally i am mm -hmm. working two jobs i fix stuff mm -hmm. i take out the trash like mm -hmm. i do this i i i do all of these things and it's like no i want us <laughs> to be able to <laughs> i want us to be able to have some deeper conversations i want us to be able to yeah. connect in a more deeper way and and there's amazing benefits to this you know we did like a survey where it's like hey what what things do you want to see more in your sex life and yeah. emotional intimacy kept coming yeah. up emotional yeah. intimacy exactly. one leads to another one it leads does to another. it does so when i say i help men have better sex it's not like you know try this position or that position or you know kind mm -hmm. of like do like do these like physical techniques it is about that emotional connection so it's about that emotional mm -hmm emotional presence like there's there's just so much kind of juicy passion mm -hmm. in in that space and in the you know if you come into that space with with vulnerability like it's like it's rich to have that happening in your relationship it's just like exquisite mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so for that as well you know like honey i'm gonna like if we you know if we start having these conversations like I'm going to be like, that's really hot to me. Like, I'm going to yes. be like turned on. Like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to want to, I'm going to be dragging you to the bedroom. Like, cause like when you kind of meet me here, like, honey, like I'm like, Very I'm ready. <laughs> yeah. And like, what guy isn't going to be like, oh, all right. Okay. What is it you want me to do again? <laughs> right. Right. Where do I, and it, where do I start? <laughs> And it, and it's and it and it is, it is bloody hard, right? Because like for guys, the expectations they change. By the way, so to get into a relationship, you've got to be good looking, have a good job, mm, and yeah. and have like have this skill set. And then to keep it, it's a completely different skill set. Yeah. It's not fair. It's not fair. It, it's not fair. Just how it works. It's 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 not fair, and it's confusing, right? Because we yeah. again, like we have this playbook, and we're like, here it is. I'm yeah. set for life. Um, and then it's it's confusing when that shit doesn't work it's yeah. like fuck fuck so to have that you know with that clarity of like okay i've got some work to do this is what the work is comes confidence and mm -hmm. confidence is is sexy like when you can hold space for your woman because you know what's because you're like mm -hmm. connected to your emotions and you can hold uh, space for your woman's emotional landscape you can do that with some confidence and there's some swagger there and that shit is hot mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and and it's very powerful because you've just written you have a second an entire second manual you have one manual yeah. that's helped you yeah. this far and now you have a second manual that's going to take you the rest of the way and you didn't yeah. know you needed it but you've got it and now you have all of these tools you have all of these answers it's going to deepen your connection with your partner with yeah. your friends with your kids yeah. 
with your yeah. colleagues it's it's a yeah. whole extra manual to kick ass in a whole different dimension of life absolutely and if you're if you're a parent or, or you're going to become a parent and you're you're moving through your relationship with this your kids are just going to learn it by osmosis and they're going to they're going to bring that into their relationships with their friends and with their partners when they when they get to that age and like just the ripple effect is is incredible and beautiful amazing matt yeah. what a fantastic chat podcast episode i've loved this dude i've loved this too tim i could go for another two hours easily <laughs> So let's let's wrap things up here. How can people yeah. find you? How can they get connected with you? So I've put something together for your for your audience. So and this could be something that the that the women on in the audience listening to this can like a link that they can send to their guy. Um, they might be interested in reading it themselves. It's basically five tips for men on Amazing. on how to how to show up kind of more effectively in their relationships. And it's like five, like commonplace, um, kind of commonplace experiences that happen in a relationship that kind of often go sideways. And mm -hmm. it's to understand kind of what your female partner is is doing in those moments and sort of how to, how to respond perhaps differently than you, you currently are. So you can have more, you can have more closeness, closeness, you can have more intimacy. And there's a download, it's at mattcoach.com slash easy. So M-A-T-T-C-O-A-C-H.com slash easy, E-A-S-Y. Um, drop in your email, there's a link mm -hmm. that gets downloaded to you. And there's a little booklet, it's a little booklet, like a handful of pages. I think it's going to be super helpful. So that's like, that's the, that's the number one place to reach me. Um, and then matt at mattcoach.com if anyone has any questions. Amazing. To, and we'll make sure that those them. are we'll make sure those are in the show notes as well. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Tim. We really just love talking about this. And this work has has made such a huge, huge difference in my life. I am in the best relationship I've ever been in. And it's because I I put into practice all the things that we've that we've talked about um and it's such a such a gift to have a space like this to 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 share to discuss to to dig deep so thank you for creating this space and for coupley um and for your for your curiosity amen thank you thank you so much matt it's been an absolute pleasure thanks tim